Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about a very hot topic right now, and that is fuel prices. You can't seem to get away from that discussion anywhere, be it on the road or for boats. But of course, we're going to focus on boats. And my guest today is Ted Staley with Waterway Guide, who uh, Waterway Guide, you may know, puts out a weekly fuel report that is extremely helpful in making sure that you're paying the lowest possible price on the waterways. So before we officially bring Ted into the conversation, I do want to take a moment to recognize and to also thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Ted Staley, welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Thank you, Kim. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have you back. And um, for those who don't know you already, why don't you go ahead and start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your vast boating experience, because you've been in the industry <laughs> for a long time. Well, uh, my wife and I uh, started boating on the Chesapeake Bay uh, over our over our cruising years, which were forty plus years. Uh, we uh, cruised the bay and the intercoastal waterway. Uh, we had over that period of time three sailboats and three power boats, so we got a lot of experience both uh, uh, in the breeze and and motoring. Uh, we did the Great Loop in 1998, and uh, after the after the loop, we moved our vessel to Cincinnati, Ohio, on the Ohio River, and we cruised the river system extensively. And when we were finished with that, we went back to the bay. So uh, we are no longer active boaters, but stay uh, uh, in touch with everyone through our affiliation with not only AGLCA but Waterway Guide. Yeah, and, and you have been instrumental over the years in, in bringing AGLCA to where it is today, you serve on our advisory council, um, as you mentioned, Gold Loopers, and have been frequent presenters for us. So we appreciate that activity with AGLCA. But tell us a little bit more about your role at Waterway Guide. Well, my role at Waterway Guide is, um, is twofold, if you will. Uh, my primary responsibility is editing the Skipper Bob series of publications which we purchased from Elaine and Bob Ribb uh, several years ago. In addition to that, I manage a lot of the content on the Waterway Guide website. I process all of the reviews that are submitted, and I also uh, uh, post all of the navigation alerts, uh, in addition to doing other content management on the site. And somehow finds time to do all that and play a lot of golf. So good for you. I hope to be in that position someday. But um, and seriously, I'm, and, I'm on the, and I'm on the way to the golf course when we're finished. <laughs> all right. Good for you. Um, so a great resource. And, and as most people who listen to the podcast know that I am out here on the loop now. And Waterway Guide's fuel reports have been really key for us for saving some money on fuel. And of course, we are in a motor yacht that is not highly fuel efficient. So when we fill up, we are looking to save money any place we can. And we've been you know, successful in finding prices so far. 
um, still below $4 a gallon for diesel fuel on the water in some places. Whereas if we just kind of pulled into some place that was, you know, the next one up the waterway, sometimes it's been six, six fifty. We even saw a couple of like in the $7 range here and there. So finding it for $4 or less is, is a great win. Even if it's a little bit over that there's significant amounts of money to be saved when you're literally bringing on hundreds of gallons of fuel. So tell us, you know, a little bit about what's actually in the fuel report. If someone goes to the waterway guide website for the fuel reports, what are they going to find there? Well, first of all, we report on 650 marinas and it's, it's voluntary. Uh, the marinas, uh, come to us and say, we would like for you to post our fuel pricing. Um, what we post is, of course, the, the, the diesel price. Uh, we post uh, gas prices and we post that by octane level. So if a marina carries uh, multiple octane, octane levels of fuel, then uh, we report on all of those octane levels. We also report on discounts that may be offered, either volume discounts or discounts for uh, various organizations. Uh, we also report on whether the fuel that's being offered is a valve tech fuel or not. So basically that makes up our, uh, our report. Mm -hmm. And in the case of, I'm, I'm sorry, Kim, in the case of Florida, uh, there are several locations in Florida where marinas post their fuel pricing without the tax included. And we specifically mentioned that on the fuel pricing report uh, that one needs to consider whether tax is included or not. Yes, and I've seen those, those places and that is a helpful little piece of information as you're trying to calculate that price. You mentioned you know 600 plus marinas with fuel prices listed in the fuel reports. Lot, that's a lot of data. Um, tell us a little bit about how that's organized and you know does that cover the the entire great loop route well it, it not only uncovers the great loop route but it covers all of the geographic areas that our publications cover so it's broken out uh, great lakes a uh, northern uh, the chesapeake bay what we consider the atlantic icw section which would be the carolinas and georgia uh, then we cover uh, Florida and the Gulf Coast, all the way to uh, to Texas, mm -hmm. and the marinas uh, that report uh, have the ability to access their listing twenty four seven. So a marina can go in directly to their listing and update pricing anytime they like. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, the majority do not do that. So our procedure to report the pricing is on Monday morning, an email goes out reminding them it's time to update their fuel pricing. A second email goes out on Tuesday morning to those individuals or those marinas who have not updated. Beginning Tuesday afternoon, we start making phone calls. Phone calls are made to every marina that has not updated their pricing. And that process goes on Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then our fuel reports go out uh, on Thursday evening. So the fuel pricing is available to readers, not only in a, an email format, but of course, live on our website by just going to the website and clicking on fuel reports. 
Yeah. And one, one of the things that I, I like about looking at it on the website, um, we're in the, we're in South Carolina right now. So the Georgia and Carolina section. Um, and I do like that you can toggle between organizing it in order of mile markers or alphabetical. So if we're looking for a particular city, we can sort alphabetically, or if we just want to look near us, um, we also stumbled across um, if we do a search on page on the website, you know, it just built into the browser, the search feature and started searching for dollar sign three period. And we could identify everything that was under $4. So that was kind of a helpful tip we, we stumbled upon. Um, but so you talked about this process that happens weekly. From your experience, how often does a marina tend to change that fuel price? Well, in the past, we found that fuel prices remain stable between uh, the times that the marinas themselves took on new fuel. So if they took on a load of fuel, the price remained stable until that tank, if you will, was empty and they had to refill. What we're finding now, and this is not just within the last few weeks because of the war situation in Ukraine, but what we found over the last year or a little more than a year is that marinas seem to be now tracking street pricing, if you will, pricing that's that's on the street for automobiles and what have you. And so there seems to be uh, more changes now than in the past. Mm-hmm. So, and that of course is, is an even bigger challenge for Waterway Guide to keep this up to date. So you kind of explained the process to us um, do most of the marinas, you know, actively participate and take care of it on their own and respond to those emails? Or are you making a, a lot of calls each week to keep this up to date? I, I will tell you that that the response to the Monday morning email is um, a great participation rate in the Carolinas and Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat less on the Chesapeake and and in the southern area. So I I would guess that of the marinas in the ICW section, if you will, the Carolinas and Georgia, uh, three quarters of them respond uh, to the email and update right away. Mm -hmm. The others less participation. Yeah. So one of the fields on the report on your webpage is um, the last updated date. Does that reflect the last time you checked in and asked for an update or does that reflect the last time the marina actually reported what their fuel price is? It would be the last date that they either reported or we called and got the update from them. Okay. So that, that's a positive indication that they have participated somewhere in the process um, well, and given either, the current price. Yes. It's either their participation in going in and updating their price mm-hmm. or our individual that makes the calls calling and then entering the price and putting the date in. Okay. Because most of those dates that we've seen are, are very current, you know, within the week timeframe that, that you publish. Um, we've taken the approach that uh, particularly with pricing where it is, we should go ahead and, and call and confirm um, what we're idea. seeing before we arrive. And, and, you know, so far the times that we've done that it's, it's been accurate. So much appreciated all the work that waterway guide is doing on that. You know, there's been some very active discussions on social media about this, um, some active discussions in the AGLCA members forum about 
you know, should we postpone looping? What's this trend? And, and we typically have somebody who looped, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, chiming in and saying, well, the price was $4 a gallon when I looped. And, and, you know, so it's not as high as perhaps it seems on the surface. Does Waterway Guide, you know, do any trending modeling or anything along that lines with the data that you're collecting to, to see where it stands compared to historic pricing? No, we have not. Uh, mm-hmm. And it might be something that would be a good, uh, uh, a good task, if you will, an interesting task. Uh, my feeling is that one, if one wants to do the loop, do the loop. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that fuel pricing is, is high, if you will, um, uh, should not be a deterrent to, to doing the loop. It, it's, while fuel is, is a significant cost, it's by far not the most expensive um, and, and the loop is worth doing the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, for us, we're on, a, like I said, a motor yacht, not highly fuel efficient. Fuel may end up being, you know, one of our higher costs, but for most looping boats, it's, it's not as significant of a factor as one might think, but it's, it's totally going to depend on your boat. Um, but, you know, at, at let's say a dollar a gallon higher over the course of the loop. It's, it's not for most people, a significant change. If you compare that to all of the costs that you're going to spend along the way. So we're hoping it doesn't deter too many people from being out there and being on the water. Um, from your experience, Ted, either from your cruising experience over the years or from your work with waterway guide and tracking some of this pricing, are there geographic areas that traditionally have lower priced fuel than others? Not a significant difference, but the the Carolinas and Georgia have traditionally been a little bit lower. Um, the Chicago to Mobile run, when loopers leave the Great Lakes and, and start running south, they will see that pricing in the Chicago area is somewhat higher than as you work your way down the river system and get to Mobile Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, and, and occasionally some of the northern marinas might be a little higher, but but not anything that's that's significant. Uh, and, and looking at the pricing right now, um, I see some you know prices that are five five fifty six dollars a gallon and what have you, but that is spread all over. There are marinas on the Chesapeake Bay that are six dollars a gallon for for diesel or, or gasoline. And there are marinas in Florida at $6 or so, um, not, not significant. Okay. Let's take a quick break and play a message from our sponsors. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk about, you know, crystal ball time, what's expected to happen in the, the coming days or weeks. So we'll be back in a moment. This is a message from Steve, the dock master at Half Moon Bay Marina. If you're heading up the Hudson River, Half Moon Bay is 20 miles north of the George Washington Bridge. They have stellar dog walking paths and parks that start at the marina. They're the only deep water marina in a 30 mile radius and the marina is fully protected with a wave attenuated seawall. Half Moon Bay has many services, including high-speed Wi-Fi, pump out, divers, mechanics, and access to enterprise car rental with free pickup and delivery. 
Half Moon Bay is very close to a local airport and train service to New York City, and they offer looper discounts at a local fuel dock. Stop by and see them when you're on the Hudson River. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Ted Staley with Waterway Guide, and we are discussing fuel pricing and the fact that Waterway Guide does provide fuel reports that are uh, proactively prepared each week and are proving, in my experiences, to be very accurate and have saved us up to 250 a gallon in some places. And when you're taking on hundreds of gallons of fuel, that is a significant difference. Um, so, Ted, you mentioned that in the past, you know, several months to a year, not specifically related to the war in the Ukraine, you've noticed some um, some marinas are pricing the fuel and, and changing the price a little bit more when the street pricing tends to change. Um, but we do know that, you know, diesel, for example, is tech, tends to be cheaper on the water than it is on the street. So any idea from your experiences what marinas use to determine what that price should be? Are they taking their costs and just marking it up by a certain percentage, or are they adding some other factors in? How does that typically work? Well, going back to the days um, um, when I did some financial work for for a marina uh, on the Chesapeake Bay and and in discussions with marina owners, it's basically a taking the the bulk price and marking it up a percentage based on on their internal costs, their their margin requirements, etc. So, and again, this is, you know, somewhat crystal ball type things, but just the last time we took on fuel was in Daytona beach over the weekend. And and they reported that their diesel price had actually come down a little bit in the past few days, but gasoline had gone up slightly or anything that you're seeing from the the fuel reports that would suggest that that's a trend that maybe it's starting to stabilize or, or perhaps even come down a little bit on the diesel side. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks, but it'll be interesting to see what this week's summary tells us in terms of whether that trend continues or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, besides using Waterway Guide to check on those fuel prices and, and determine where the cheapest fuel is, any thoughts or suggestions on what typically tends to be the lower priced fuel? Does it tend to be, you know, places that serve mega yachts and therefore are going through thousands upon thousands of gallons in a short period of time? Or does it tend to be the mom and pops that don't sell as much fuel and are eager to draw you in to use some of that up? Any any empirical data that says it's, it's one thing or another? High volume. <laughs> Those facilities that that pump a lot of fuel tend to have mm-hmm. the lower prices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard from others that they they like to go to places that pump a lot of fuel because they feel like the fuel is fresher and it's not sitting in the tank as long from your, you know, many years of boating. Is that something that you experienced as well, that that there's a preference there on, on high volume locations and that you're getting better fuel? Yes. Um, the, the more you pump, the fresher the fuel in your tank is going mm-hmm. to be and the less a chance that you're going to have moisture or water in the tank. Mm-hmm. That said, if there's an you know amazing price at some place that looks not to be a high volume place, would you hesitate to fill up under some circumstances? <laughs> don't want to put you on the spot. Well, <laughs> you can... I don't know. Yeah, I guess it would have to be. I guess it would have to be the reputation of the facility uh, that was not pumping a lot of fuel. You know. Yeah. And that's, that's of course, hard to know. 
Right. Just because they don't pump a lot of fuel. I mean, if it's a, if it's a high quality, you know, high rated Marina, why not? Yeah, no, exactly. And the members discussion forum is a great place to ask those kinds of questions about reputation for places. If you do have any questions or concerns, Um, you know, certainly interesting times as far as fuel goes, any other thoughts, Ted? Um, you know, one of the things you should consider, uh, Fuel pricing is high, but when when you think about doing the low loop and what have you, you know, it's going to cost X number of dollars for fuel. What is the incremental cost now because fuel is a little bit higher? Are you going to end up spending another extra thousand dollars? Are you going to spend an extra two thousand dollars? What is the what do you think the incremental cost is going to be? when you do the loop. And and I think if you consider that, you're going to find, well, it's not such a big deal after all. Yeah. And I really do encourage everyone to do that calculation. Um, And there were some comments towards that end in the forum recently, but you're absolutely right for most boats. If you do that calculation, I mean, don't get me wrong. It matters, but it's probably not a deal breaker for most. And and I keep alluding to the inefficiency of our boat. Um, And we at eight or so knots get about, um, we're burning about a gallon a mile. So if you, you know, roughly the Great Loop, let's call it 6,000 miles. Um, So if fuel is up a dollar or two, it's significant. We're looking at six to $12,000 more. Um, and, And that's, don't get me wrong, that's a ton of money. But if you look at the spend overall, um, percentage wise, it's, it's not enormous. So it's not enough at this point to stop us from continuing. Of course, everyone's got to make that own decision, but really, you know, work those numbers because most boats, um, don't burn, you know, a gallon, a mile. Um, so it's, it's everyone's own choice, but fuel prices are high. I don't know that it's enough to really stop all that many. And, and it's, it's also very nice. Um, when you get on the roads and see that diesel is more on the roads, you feel like you're actually saving some money by traveling in the boat instead of in the car. <laughs> so. and, and to your point, someone doing the loop in a trawler, mm-hmm. uh, a, a six knot, we did the loop in a 46 grand banks, which was very fuel efficient. So, yes. um, um, you know, it depends on the, and if you do the loop in a sailboat, uh, Absolutely. It's really efficient. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that you can do is play with that speed. And, and we have, um, you know, looking for that sweet spot on fuel burn. And there's not much of a difference in our particular boat between eight knots or 10 knots. Um, we're still getting about that same burn rate, which is still way more fuel efficient than if we were to go faster <laughs> than that. Um, but in that eight to 10 knot range seems to be the most fuel efficient we're going to get. Um and, you know, again, it's, it's a significant difference, but not enough to stop us from, from looping. So um, hopefully that's going to be the case for many. And, and Ted, we really appreciate you sharing some of the details on how you can do your fact finding to really make sure you're not overpaying. Because as we've said, there are significant differences within just a few miles on the waterway of what you're going to pay per gallon. Do your homework. Absolutely. And, and many thanks to you and everyone at Waterway Guide for taking the time to collect this data um, so that the rest of us can save some money while we're out there cruising. Well, that's just one of the services we offer. And I would ask that uh, cruisers that are out and, and see a fuel price that's different than what we have posted, please send us an email, send in a review or whatever, 
and we will take that price, confirm it with the marina, and update our listing. So another source are your members that are on the water. Yep. So let's make sure we do that. It helps everyone out if we're feeding those reviews and reports to waterway guides. So Ted, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Enjoy your golf game. Thank you very much, Kim. Good to see you. You too. And thanks to everyone who's joined us today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. Oh,